welcome to Green and Red, Scrappy Politics for Scrappy People, a regular podcast on radical, environmental and anti-capitalist politics, brought to you by Bob Bazanka and Scott Parker. Welcome to the Silky Smooth Sounds of the Green and Red podcast. I'm your co-host, Scott Parkin in Berkeley, California today. Uh, Bob is off on assignment, but you'll be seeing him again soon, I'm sure. Um, Want to say thanks to all of our audience out there uh, for all the shares and likes and listens that we get. If you want to rate and review us, you can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Or if you want to subscribe to us on YouTube, just hit that subscribe button down in your bottom right corner. Uh, we've been having our YouTube grow a little bit lately. Uh, so much appreciation to everyone who's uh, subscribing to us on YouTube. And then obviously check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then if you um, really like what we do, check us out and give us a few um, bucks, as Bob likes to say, whether it jingles or folds, go to greenandredpodcast.org and hit the support button or become a patron at patreon.com backslash greenredpodcast. Um, and today I'm excited to be uh, talking with some folks who are doing some good work up in Northern California around the Jackson Forest and the Pomo Landback campaign. Uh, I am joined by Priscilla, Polly, and Andy. Uh, and just a, a quick bio, uh, Priscilla Hunter is a, a tribal elder of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians. She's the former chairwoman of the tribe and currently the tribe historic preservation officer. Priscilla is working to protect the sacred sites of her northern Pomo and coast Yuki peoples that are threatened by logging, road building, and pesticide operations in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest which is located in her homelands, called, also called Mendocino County, uh, just a little bit north of here where I am. Uh, Priscilla also founded the intertribal Sink, I may say this wrong, intertribal Sinkion Wilderness Council. Oh, awesome. And has <laughs> served as chairwoman for over 30 years. The intertribal council has secured the return of over 5,000 acres of redwood forest to tribal people and stewarding the land according to tribal knowledge. Uh, Polly Gervin is a movement elder, Chicana activist, and civil rights and federal Indian law attorney graduated from UC Berkeley and Columbia University School of Law. Uh, Polly has worked with the Assembly of First Nations of Canada and in the U.S. helped establish the government-to-government consultation process with tribes at the federal level, including repatriation efforts for the return of ancestral human remains and sacred objects from museums and universities throughout the U.S., she has been on the front lines of forest protection in Northern California for over 30 years. Uh, Priscilla and Polly are both longtime tribal and environmental advocates who have, a, who have left a lasting impact on the North Coast. Uh, and then we're also joined by Andy Wellspring, who is a member of Showing Up for Racial Justice, the Mendocino, the Mendo Coast chapter. Uh, Surge is, a, is white folks committed to racial justice nationally, and Surge Mendo Coast is a member of the coalition to save Jackson State Forest and supporting the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians in the struggle to protect sacred sites and in commercial logging on Pomo ham- homelands. Uh, Andy has worked as a community organizer in grassroots struggles in solidarity with Indigenous people for over a decade. So everyone, welcome to the Green and Red podcast. Happy to have you here. Hi. Thanks for having us. 
And I was just going to start, you know, this is a, uh, I've, I've just been myself just learning about this campaign the last couple of months. And so in kind of sharing it with the, with the, with our audience, maybe start off with telling us about the, the Save Jackson Forest campaign and whoever wants to kick off, kick off. We asked Andy to introduce the movement. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. Thanks. Thanks for having us, Scott. And, uh, you know, one thing we'll just say start first off is that we, we welcome support around the state. Uh, our, our coalition to save Jackson State Forest is working in solidarity with supporting the Coyote Valley Band of Homo Indians as they're negotiating for equal co-management of the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, which is in their Homo homelands, and establishing this equal co-management and ending commercial logging in Jackson, which is in fact the largest state-owned forest. So it's, it's nearly 50,000 acres. Um, this does affect the entire state. The policies that the state enacts and tries out in Jackson um, are used around the rest of the state in both public lands and um, privately owned commercial timberlands. And so Coyote Valley is pushing hard here to, to have an equal co-management there. Um, underneath, um, Governor Newsom had a little publicized directive. He said to state agencies that they should co-manage lands with the tribes of California. This was written in 2020, and Coyote Valley is really taking a lead on um, making that real, like trying to make that those agreements actually happen. Um, and this is super important because there are tons of it's a it's a cultural landscape, really, right? Um, there are so many sacred sites in these hills, um, in this forest, and the the state is just continues even against their own reports to desecrate these sites with the commercial logging where they give contracts to local timber harvest companies and they routinely will just make a plan and build a road right through a cultural site or a sacred site in order to do this logging and uh, the desecration that's happening both to the ecosystems and to the the sites um, our coalition is supporting the tribe and saying no more we, we can't have any more of this and Really, some great places to, to follow us. You can go to pomolandback.com and you can also go to savejackson.org. And we also have you know Facebook and everything to go along with those two websites. Yeah. Maybe that's a good intro for now. But I guess one thing to say is that yesterday we were in Sacramento. You know, we've been doing a combination of direct action activities in the forest to stop. The, the logging um, you know, on, on site there. And over the last two years, that has been successful. Um, not every day, but we have been largely successful in you know, stopping those operations um, while the tribe is also pursuing a strategy of negotiations with the state of California. And the uh, Secretary Wade Crowfoot of the Natural Resources um, Agency and so those two efforts combined, plus public rallies and whatnot, have, have you know, forced them to put the, the logging operations on hold. Um, over the last two years, we've seen, we've seen many months of, of hold. Now, they just announced that in, um, in August that they wanted to restart these operations, even though negotiations with the tribe are not complete. And so that started us onto a series of more, more um, 
direct actions at the Natural Resource Agency building in Sacramento, where uh, six movement elders were arrested earlier this month. And yesterday we were there again at the Resource Agency building um, to, to protest again. And um, I know Priscilla would like to talk some more about that, um, but maybe that's good for an intro. Thank you, Andy, good yeah. overview. Um, I think that that is really alerting us is that the tribe has been negotiating a co-management agreement and equal agreement, but it sounds like, and, and what we've seen is that um, um, the state is not is not listening to the tribe, is not giving us co-equal co-management. And um, because I received a letter from um, Calfire, and it's a letter that's signed off by this registered professional forester, and is not even from the state inviting me to to Casper, that's one of the harvest plans, to Casper to um, check out what they're offering. And and they're and I'm like, why isn't this coming to the tribe? You know, and our and and our chairman that's consulting um, didn't even know about it. And far as we knew, the the um, board of forestry um, at the meeting approved a you know a hold on on logging in the in the um, forest until the tribe um, completes their consultation regarding the agreement, and then there's no agreement has been signed. And then they send me the letter, Tribal Historic Preservation, Tribal Historic Preservation, and not to the tribe, but I do, you know, work with the tribe, but it's not even sent to the tribe. It's not named on the letter to the tribe. It's not even CC'd to the tribe. So I don't know, you know, you know, it, it just, and that's the way they're working. Um, so I'm like, I, I'm like, what is this? You know, and they're talking about 75 acres of, of, of well, we're talking about the, the, uh, 500, 500, 500 and, um, um, Where's that? Well, the Casper 500 Casper. Timber Harvest Plan is 500 acres. 500 They're offering us uh, 75 acres to yeah, come. And, and nothing in, in there talks about the site, sacred sites, because there is one in Casper. And, and they're not even addressing sacred sites. They're just going in and going, making roads through the sites and uh, cutting the trees and disturbing the sites. So I'm like, um, what are you? What are you doing? I mean, you, you're not even hearing 
that we have a strong um, caring, you know, and loving of our sacred sites and for protection. And they're not even addressing those. So I, I'm like, um, wow, this is this is not right. Agreements on what is what is um, tribal consultation to to the government's eyes. Tribal consultation is, you know, we'll do what we want and you try to talk us out of it. But um, they're not living up to that. And then they they go around and brag about how well they're doing uh, with the tribes and tribal consultation. You know, it's not a real thing. And how they're treating the Indians yet. You know, this is how they treat the tribes and the Indian people. Um, and they always say, well, we didn't do that to the people, you know, in the past, you know. And I'm like, well, quit doing it then. Quit doing it now, you know. And so all that came down. And then we had the meeting over in um, was it, uh, Rowley in Sacramento. And we were outside and, you know, handing pamphlets out and stuff. And I was sitting there and towards the afternoon, late afternoon, um, this is what I heard from our chairman. He says, they say, where's the Indians? You know? And I was like, what? And then they're playing the drums and I'm like, that's it. So I just raised out of my chair and then um, went into the building, into their offices. And we all went in singing and pounding, um, jump, not pounding, drum, drum, pounding, not pounding, but uh, playing the drums. And people were singing and, and dancing and asking, you know, where's Crowfoot? He, he doesn't even come out and meet with us. You know, come out here, you know, tell us what you're doing. You know, I don't know if he was there, but nobody from from Cal Fire or anyone came out to even say, what's up, you know? Yeah. And, um, and they should come out. And, and we felt, even felt scared to go in there, you know, because, you know, and to, and to hand our information out. And they didn't even want us to hand our information out. They gave it back to the people and you can't do it. And this was oh. regarding, um, 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 what, the, what was it called? It, um, the meeting that was- um, It was the oh. 30 by 30 launch of the governor. Yeah. The new corporate whitewashing launch of a 30 by 30 campaign. Anyway, that will and, not address sacred site protection at yeah, all. At all. And then I'm saying, well, why don't you use, not use, give back? And I say, you know, the governor wants to give us money, they said, you know, in his announcement to the people to help them out, right? And I, and I say, you know, wait a minute, you know, what I want and what we want is to give our land back, right? you know, save our sacred sites right. and, and have um, uh, the um, Save Jackson Forest be one of the um, 
one of the, what would you call it? Um, within that, um, it would be a component of the 30 by 30 yeah. campaign due to all the large trees that they want to cut, capability of storing carbon. Mm -hmm. Carbon sequestration could be done at a massive level in this 50,000 acre park. Mm. Yeah, and and why aren't they talking about sacred sites? But I'm I'm we're we're all for saving the whole forest. Right. But you know, they, they play all their games and we gotta, you know, and, and we need help and and assistance and people helping us play their game. You know, if, if there's any people out there that you know of or people know is is to help us play that game because it's you know it's paperwork right, right. It go back and forth and how do you how do you how do you get, play that game and and get in there and um um so we would i would like to have you know people you know come out and help us out and and um and protecting the whole um, uh, mountain, we we'll call it the sacred mountain, because mm -hmm. the, there's a mountain. That's the mountains that the Indian people that were killed and taken to boarding forts, you know, and enslaved them and killed all that stuff, you know, that killed our children and and. Um, in Mendocino, it was a Mendocino War. What is it? Is it Mendocino War? It was the most bloody uh, acts of genocide in the entire yeah. United States. I'm a federal Indian law attorney. Mm -hmm. I've studied many tribes. Mendocino was the most savage of mm -hmm. how Indians were treated, I would say, in the whole United States. And I believe that that's where the Indians had to, you know, escape to in the mountains to hide uh -huh. out. And, and here they're hiding out and and have a village at least to hide in um up there in the mountains and you know the thing is they came after the indians and tried to get rid of them and now they're coming to our ancestors villages Plowing and through. and and destroying our villages where i mean it, my heart just totally hurts to to um see this all the time it's a um and why can't the state do something the 2023 certain days freedom for political prisoners calendar is out now with art and articles by zola dan baker up in the ante david gilbert oso blanco mark tilson ed mead windigo army Dio Kramer, Roxanne Dunbar-Ortiz, Scott Parkin, and Cindy Milstein. You can order the 2023 Certain Days calendar from burningbooks.com and leftwingbooks.net. As always, proceeds from the sale of the calendar benefit organizations working to end the prison system. For more information, see certaindays.org. And the destruction of the sacred sites, that's happening from logging companies, right? Or is that or is it's it just the state actually doing it? Cal Fire itself is yeah. actually doing it. Cal Fire, which we commend for fire safety mm -hmm. and firefighting, also manages this park as a commercial mm 
logging venture that pays for their staff, pays for their administration. Hmm. And they and their registered professional foresters that go out and determine whether they're sacred sites to protect or not (laughs) and what their boundaries are, there's a huge conflict of interest because their interest and incentive is to cut trees to pay their salaries. And um, so they will define consistently village site parameters as so tight that you'd be like living in a sardine can to Mm -hmm. to then go and extract the large redwoods, second growth redwoods uh, that they want to extract. And, and, um, and they do, they have in two major timber harvest plans, one ready and ready to go for cut. They have put roads straight smack dab through the middle of ancestral village sites. And these are the sites that have been in operation for 10,000 years, but also that Priscilla's recent relatives had to flee to. Um, We consider this a a cultural landscape Mm -hmm. of ridges. There are various villages and interconnecting trails down to the Noyo River below. Um, And we are arguing that it's not just, we're not looking for just a protection of one arc site after another arc site, but that Jackson State Forest in its entirety, but particularly the ridges and the interconnections to the fishing rivers below with the village sites, that they should be preserved as cultural heritage aspect for of the park returned to Pomo ownership mm-hmm. so their people and the descendants of the local tribe can return their children to the, the villages of yore can um, bask in the beauty of the ridge tops can once again get back into their heritage because what we're arguing here is for preserving the forest the second growth redwoods and restoring the park into a preserve as opposed to a commercial logging park. Right. And at the same time, we're asking for a restoration effort for Pomo heritage, because we have been severed from the land by consistent efforts of the state and federal government. 18 tribes were terminated up here by the federal government under what they call the plenary power of Congress. But at the time the Forest Practice Act was passed, 73, There were no Indians at the table negotiating for protection of their sites because they were all illegally terminated at that time up here. And it took to 1967 for Coyote Valley to be um, restored to federal recognition. So uh, this is what we're operating under is a timber industry mandate on this park that was crafted in 47 that we're, they're supposed to be doing scientific studies yeah. to um, help the most high quality production of the highest quality timber. So they clear cut the uh, Casper watershed, yeah. timber harvest plan after timber harvest plan after timber harvest plan. They clear cut an entire watershed and said it was scientific study <laughs> to see if a clear cut would add sedimentation into the rivers. Come on, boys. You know, come on, boys, this isn't even science. So, but we say if there is going to be science, if we have to go in the science modality, well, let's just try to replant the forest, some of it, to its original state with all the tree family relatives together, not just create a tree farm 
for future redwood production, which is what they do. And we're also saying just let some of it heal. There mm -hmm. actually is a San Jose State study, scientific study, that says just we're going to, it's big river watershed. We're going to just let it heal and study it. So that is an indigenous perspective if we have to use science. Mm -hmm. But, um, but you know, at this point in time, we have not been, uh, we have asked that, but the only science they're considering is to protect three sentinel trees, big trees per acre in certain areas of the forest. And climate scientists will study what it means to have those three big trees per acre. That's good. We're really behind the urgency of climate climate change. We're really behind it. But they have got to listen to the indigenous scientific, if you want to call it, viewpoint. And that has not been conveyed. And it has well, not been, yeah. well, they haven't been responded to. It hasn't yeah. been responded to. Certainly right. conveyed, but yeah. no response. Concerns with sacred sites conveyed. We have an archaeological subcommittee. We went on many field visits. We chronicled mm -hmm. our concerns. There's a track record. They, and so we're going to have to litigate at this point because they are just not responsive to sacred site. They will talk to academic scientists, but they have a hard time, I believe, talking to natives. Well, it's not only the, the sacred sites. You know, we're, um, we're here talking about that, too. But then um, right out, what is that thing there? They went in right above the Noyo. Uh, a red tail. Red tail. That's a number timber harvest plant. Yeah. They went right above the Noyo. Um, Salmon spawning river. Yeah. Um, black, last week or so. And they're just and they're just going in and going through and just making the roads. Skid trails. <laughs> trails and and uh, demolished and right above where the salmon's supposed to go. We have now, pictures of that? Coho, <clears throat> that river below. Coho returning to that river below. They haven't returned in years. And now they're allowing them to build skid trails, yeah. mud everywhere, rushing down into the river. And this is the California Natural Resources Agency. Yeah. They're mm -hmm. the agency with like cow fishing wildlife and all these different sub entities which are supposed to protect nature, natural resources agency, right? That's their name. But mm -hmm. they also are the boss of Cal Fire, which mm -hmm. manages, they manage this park as an industrial commercial logging park. So we're asking, and it's a huge ask, but we're gonna go for a mandate change at the legislative level to make it a forest preserve built into that. There'll be some sort of like that they have to listen to site, sacred site protection. Mm -hmm. We're gonna negate on sacred site protection. Mm -hmm. and, um, but we need at this point in time, we're just launching our fundraising campaign for mm -hmm. legislation. But right now we need bodies in the woods. We yeah. need from the Bay, because. It has to, we have, we have relied successfully to date on nonviolent direct action. We need people from the Bay Area to come join us. Women with bows, a young and young indigenous members of women with bows showed up with us in Sacramento. We were invited, but we need to get our cry out because we're, we're really fighting for cultural heritage preservation and forest preservation. We're fighting for sovereignty to be respected 
for when you go to government to government consultations, they should be open, transparent, honest. They've mm -hmm. made negotiators sign a blanket confidentiality agreement where mm -hmm. they can't even talk to the movement. They've basically hogtied our negotiators in my mind. And we have got to have a movement that breaks through. Um, and, and here's a large amount of cries heard at that table. Um, that's why I'm on this podcast to let the Bay Area know and broader and beyond. Yeah. We need your help. We need it desperately. Um, one, one, well, I have two questions of things you just touched, touched on. Um, I'm going to go with the first one, which is around your opposition. So you've been targeting, isn't Wade Crowfoot? He's the director of DNR, right? Um, have you, has there been any like efforts to like address this with Newsom directly? Have y'all, have y'all start coming? We have, we, we have, that's our next step. We're going to go to the Truth and Healing Council that Newsom set up, which mm -hmm. is imperative, like South Africa, Nelson Mandela's red, you know, yep. Yep. anyway, it's supposed to address past deprivations done by the state to Indians. So anyway, we have that. And that's when he simultaneously said tribes in state with where their ancestral territory state state owned property they can co-management so we have got to go to the native american heritage commission which is a government connected created agency mm -hmm. at the executive level they work with the governor mm -hmm. uh, and, and their director is the tribal advisor to the governor for the whole state we got to go there and we got to go to the governor and um, and well, say, what? why is this? Is this really true? Do you really want to make reparations for past injustices? What is this Truth and Healing Council? If you mm -hmm. won't even listen to our concerns and address our sacred site protection concerns, it seems I really believe that we may be involved in another corporate greenwashing on this 30 by 30. I don't know. I want to be open-minded and keep my, my belief in that, that he's good on these issues and that he will listen to us. He did create these policies of right. So we're, and I've always sung his okay. praises yeah. but everywhere I go and thank him for this, but they're just not implementing his directives. Well, what we need too is we, in the audience, if people are, you know, uh, I know they're listening and-, and, and uh, We get good numbers, we get good listener numbers. But we need to um, have a connection to the governor. Mm -hmm. but, but the governor has put it down to this agency, right? Right. Resource of thing. He turned around and said, do co-management, right? And um, so we thought, okay. And then they're supposed to, you know, deal with this, I guess. But the thing is, we need a pathway to get get to the governor. And if there's someone out there that has that pathway for us, we would sure appreciate it and help. That's what I see. My other question was uh, around the, the bodies in the in the forest. I, like the like our audience is very much into organizing and direct action, and so if, if you want to if you want to kind of talk about some of the actions that have happened and then um and then kind of towards the end of the of the show we can actually talk about ways in which people can kind of plug into like ways to support people in, in the forest but if you want to just just, just I, i've seen some press releases from redwoods earth first i think and i think yes. they were 
Definitely I, Redwood Nation Earth First. Redwood Nation Earth First. Beloved part of our coalition. Mm -hmm. I could speak some to that. Uh, Scott, your question about what has been happening in the woods itself is that, yeah, there is, there is a, one part of our, the coalition to save Jackson, um, the, that is a broad coalition of, of not just local groups here, but um, a, a lot of groups, even from around the state. Well, due to the activism of Priscilla and Polly, we have the support of the California Environmental Justice Alliance and also um, groups like Green Action, um, you know, from around the state. Uh, but our coalition here, some of the local groups, there is a direct action component. There's also a legal component like EPIC, Environmental Protection Information Center, um, is working hard along with Surge and the tribe, Redwood Nation, Earth First, and the trail stewards, right? Like um, mountain bikers who got really upset about Cal Fire's plans in this forest. And just, uh, so it's a, it's a broad range of groups, but in terms of like what's been happening in the forest with the direct action, there has been, there was, it started off with Casper, this, um, this timber harvest plan that's um, closest to where people live, right? A lot of this 50,000 acres is far from where people live, but that one's close. And that when you go out there and you see they've got trees marked for cut that were over 70 inches across, uh, you know, people were just like, oh my gosh, no way. So um, tree sits went up in key trees, right? And as well as um, blockades of the entrances, the roads, and mm -hmm. uh, many early morning blockades of logging trucks and and also in the woods, right? Um, with, you know, various tactics and whatnot to, to um, slow this down and or stop it. And um, we were able to successfully stop any actions for, for many months, um, but then they will move and they'll go and go against another timber harvest plan. They have five pending at the same time in different parts of the forest. So while we have our, um, our base of support for Casper and also Soda Gulch, which is a place many people have vowed to protect because it has um, many sacred sites there. Um, the, then Cal Fire moves to places that are farther afield, harder to get to. And so we've had some successful blockades in those timber harvest plans as well, but also some days when we didn't, when we weren't able to. They, for example, they came to Redtail on New Year's Eve and they were cutting into the night. And they've also been there when we had blockades up from you know 4 a.m. until after dusk. Then we come back the next morning at 4 a.m. and they had cut a few trees like right by the highway just to, and then they spray paint on them just to show us that they were there, you know? And uh, so things like that. And hire, they hired private security to come and harass um, the nonviolent protesters. And this was done by a private timber company, Mendocino Redwood Company, the largest landowner in this county, uh, hired private security to help a different company, uh, a smaller company with, with this operations because they, they do not want to see um, logging, commercial logging contracts ended in this state-owned forest. Um, so uh, luckily <laughs> we've been able to push back on that. Um, now Cal Fire has signs saying this area is closed. Re they reclosed the area as they were trying to restart their operations a couple weeks ago. 
but the sign includes now no private security is allowed to operate here. So we'll see if that is actually removed from the situation. But you know, we've been there in the woods monitoring this, sending reports to Fish and Wildlife and the Water Board because they're working through, there's a recent storm by three inches of rain in one day, and they, they went back to work. And we tried to negotiate with them around no more new cutting, just hauling out logs you've already cut. They, they didn't reply. They said, we already do sustainable logging. We don't need to reduce anything we're doing. Um, and so we've been out there stopping them several times in September and also documenting that they did do some work and destroyed roads. And there's gonna be tons of sediment going into the coho, um, coho spawning grounds below. And um, hope the water board said that they, they requested videos from us and which we sent. And they said they will be going out there to check on it. Um, I hope that they do the right thing and protect those, the salmon. Probably getting a little bit towards the end of our time. And so, Maybe I, I want to ask if there's any like final final words either of you either of you have to say and if you have to say and then also you know I uh, I'm you know just to kind of help promote and get people involved and maybe other people from around the state like tell tell share places where people can like kind of plug in and get involved and, and et cetera I think people I, I I know a lot of activists who would be really interested in coming and helping do like land defense or or what have you in in the forest so like I. I've spent a lot of time in the last few years myself doing like pipeline fighting, well, a couple, a decade or two doing pipeline fighting. And so there's a lot of folks like that, you know, in the Bay Area and other parts of the state. So please share that information. Well, yes, we're delighted to hear this. Um, and we do want the public to know that we're IP3, Indian People's Power Project, will be doing a nonviolence training for future for future resistance in the next few weeks. We're trying to probably just looking at mid-October. We do know that in, that um, direct action is a critical component of the campaign, has sustained the campaign. And um, so we are looking for direct action participation, nonviolent direct action. We have a base camp already established. We'd be willing to host and feed and provide shelter for out of the area uh, activists who would come. It's a lovely place, um, big organic gardens, beautiful on the coast. And um, without direct action, I don't think, I think the cards have sort of been played at the table to date. We've seen how they've responded to the tribe. And without direct action, we're not going to get a sufficient and meaningful protective measures from the state that honor tribal sovereignty and, and, and would put us forward to equal co-management. If that's what the government says, we can co-manage ancestral territory that's state-owned. Come on now. Let's be honest, agency. And um, I, 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 we are small tribes up here, uh, poor tribes still, many of us, and we need help. We just need as much help as we can get because we have a good movement. We have really quality, brilliant, dedicated people in our coalition. Um, and we are going to win, but we need we need more resistors. We need more forest defenders. We need more people who are willing to blockade roads, who are willing 
to do strategic arrest at senator's offices or at the California department or at our local Cal Fire office. We, I think we need to target um, the, the politicians now. And um, if I get involved and they charge me with a slap suit or whatever civil conspiracy for saying what I'm saying here, I don't care anymore. I'm just too old. And I've been in these fights for 30 years for defending cultural heritage issues and tribal sovereignty. And this could be the West Coast DAPL. I really believe it. It could be. And we should elevate it to that degree. That's what I believe. Thank mm -hmm. you for your time to address your audience today. Yeah, thank you for that, for all of that. And yeah, thank you, Polly. And I would say that uh, folks who do want to get involved, um, number one, there, Priscilla called for a public meeting and it's happening on October 9th. October 9th is a Sunday coming up. Um, it will be at 1 p.m. in Casper, California. And you and it'll be in the woods. Um, so you will also have a chance to visit and see some of the locations that we are working so hard to protect. And you can contact us uh, at Coast at gmail.com. That's S-U-R-J Mendo Coast, M-E-N-D-O-C-O-A-S-T at gmail.com for more information about that and directions and whatnot. And we'll put it, we can put some of that, we can put whatever you want in our show notes too, for people to check out. Great. 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 Yeah. So you can email us at Serge Mendo Coast and we will uh, connect with you. Also, um, places to follow us online. There's, we have websites, pomolandback.com, savejackson.org. And we also have on Facebook, the same things. We'll put links for you in the, in the yep. show. Totally. But yeah, October 9th is a, is an invitation by Priscilla um, for folks to come in, come and learn more about what's going on and um, get plugged in if you're able to come up um, and visit or just connect with us on email and we'll we'll let you know another time to to come. Excellent. I wanna I wanna say thanks and I'm very grateful that you came on today and to share all the work that y'all have been doing. I love put helping, you know, raise awareness about campaigns like this. Um, folks, you've been listening to Andy, Polly, and Priscilla with the Save Jackson Forest Pomo Lambat campaign. Um, you've been listening to the Green and Red podcast. If you want to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, where we will be sharing information about this campaign. We already have been. Uh, please check us out. And then uh, if you want to uh, if you want to make a donation, go to greenandredpodcast.org and hit the support button and or become a patron at patreon.com backslash green and red podcast. And we'll talk to everybody again soon. Go misbehave. So, yep. Uh, you guarantee we will. Okay. Yep. Bye. Bye. My people been fighting before I was born. I light up this stage right before I record. The government broke all the treaties before. This time around, we won't take it no more. Wanna find us? We'll be standing with our fists tied. They tried to kill us off. It'll never happen this time. Wanna find us? We'll be standing with our fists tied. They tried to kill us off. It'll never happen this time. Let me paint a picture that can wash away the ignorance. Play it through the speakers just to make sure that they listen. And we treat it like prisoners in this country. That